Hello, Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And we have a special guest, Michael Story, again, back for our College Football Bowl Part 1. Story, thanks for joining us again. I'm back, baby. It's bowl season. I am excited. Let's get after it, guys. It is a bowl season. This is an awesome time of the year. We get to see games on Wednesdays, Mondays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Unfortunately, not Sundays, but that's the NFL there. We have a 10.30 a.m. <laughs> bowl game on Friday in the morning. So you know that productivity is just going to drop for the rest of the month starting on Friday. <laughs> that's right. We're going to cover the games in this episode in part one from Friday, December 16th, the hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl, all the way to the games on Wednesday, December 28th. There's four of them that day. And then uh, we'll come back with you for another part two episode. Uh, that'll cover the rest of the games, including the college football playoff games, uh, which are going to be juicy this year. But let's start it off here, boys. Let's start it off with the uh, Miami of Ohio at UAB, 10.30 p.m. ESPN, the hometown lenders, Bahamas Bowl wall. Bahamas, baby. They started off in paradise, Woj. Happy, happy, happy the Bulls are coming up. This game, Miami, Ohio, plus 11 plus 330 on the money line. You want to bet that buck, Woj? You're getting 330 back in your pocket if Miami, Ohio can win straight up. UAB minus 410 on that other side. I don't know. What are we doing here? What are we doing here, Woj? Hey, boys, do you know Trent Dilfer is going to be the coach of UAB next season? That's pretty exciting news for UAB. I just feel like that's a recruiting paradise, essentially, for people coming in. I mean, I mean, if you like... Has been NFL quarterback. Okay, listen. Oh, nevertheless, he played in the NFL, was a quarterback. He's going to be coaching UAB. That's Ryan exciting. Leaf played in the NFL. Let's not get crazy. Anyways, let's let's just get it underway here. This can be an exciting game for the first game of the season. It might be Miami of Ohio versus UAB. But listen, these two are two heavy run teams. 63% for UAB, 59% for Miami. Uh, this is going to be the Dwayne, the Dwayne McBride, the running back for UAB's show, uh, versus the four rotating running backs from Miami of Ohio. Uh, QB Evan Smith from uh, Miami of Ohio runs it a lot too, so it's just going to be a running game. It's not going to be an offensive explosion, but it's going to be tight, I think, down to the end here. Well, this is going to be an exciting game. Oh, absolutely, which is a bowl game. Come on, baby. We're talking about the best of the best going up at the end of the year. I like what you're saying about that. Rushing, it's going to be a rushing game. I mean, UAB, though, Woj, they got 228 a game on the year versus that 142. I know you're talking Miami, Ohio rushing game up, but you're talking about 228 versus 142. Give me UAB, baby. That's a lot of points, though. That's a lot of points. Well, yeah. it's at 45. The over-under is at 45 in this game, and I'd be surprised if it didn't crack 50. Yeah, both these teams like to keep it on the ground. UAB, in particular, as you said, they've got the nation's leading rusher in Dwayne McBride, but Miami's run defense is just so bad. They're going to get gashed and gashed for big gains. So I could see them easily chewing up lots of yardage and a lot of scores. Miami probably going to strike back. I don't know. I think Miami can keep it close, but I love that over 45 in this game. I just think that we're going to start off bowl season right. We're going to see a 50, 52, 55 point game, and it's going to set the tone for the rest of this season. You know what? I'm going to disagree with the story there. Miami of Ohio doesn't have that bad of a run defense. They're only giving up. 19.1 points to running backs on average per game in uh, DFS. 
Uh, so you're going to tell me that they're going to get stomped on by Dwayne McBride? Yeah, maybe he scores a couple of touchdowns. Dwayne McBride is is pretty good. He averages over 150 yards himself a game. Uh, Wall talked about how UAB goes over 200 plus yards per game on the ground. I don't think Miami of Ohio is that bad against the run, and they're the best team in the MAC versus the quarterback. So that includes passing and running from the quarterback. So I don't think Miami of Ohio is too far out of their league here. I do think it's an uphill battle for them, especially offensively, but I don't think they're way out of it. UAB's defense is pretty terrible, but 10 and a half on a 46 point spread. I sorry, boys. I, I, this is one of those games where I'm going to put money on. I'm putting it on Miami of Ohio. Oh, coming mm-hmm. off of the dog. I like it. Stories coming off of the over. Whoa, just coming off of the dog to start things off. I gotta love that. Whoa, you really came at story too. Aren't you the man every year that takes the over for every single bull game? No, no, I, I, you got that wrong. I took the under for every game. Oh, that was a, oh a terrible that, idea. <laughs> I thought it was the like over. a terrible idea in general. Yeah. Well, I will, I will say that the Red Hawks were four and two as an underdog against the spread this year. So if you're looking at plus eleven, it's not a bad bet. All right, all right. Stop giving my dogs points. They don't need them. We're gonna move on though. We got the Duluth. <laughs> trading cure ball uh first ranked teams of the season it's uh number 25 utsa at number 24 troy 2 p.m espn another really tight game two teams who have played similar opponents and they've they're, they're two different style teams but it should be a pretty tight game here wall well Woj, when you're looking at the odds for these bull games you have to be excited because we got so many games that are so close to pickums. And even the ones that aren't pickums, they could be essentially pickums. Troy minus one and a half in this game, minus one twenty-five on the money line. UTSA only plus one hundred five. If you want to take them to win straight up, I agree. These are two good football teams. We're talking about two conference champions, two conference champions. UTSA eight zero on the season. Troy seven and one. They took down the Sun Belt. Obviously, UTSA. Yeah, a couple of uh, 11 and 2 teams and a couple of upcoming coaches in this matchup. I'm excited for it. This is going to be one of the better games of the year. I think that we're going to see uh, a, a couple of strong offenses. Frank Harris was fourth in FBS with 342 and a half total yards per game. So it's going to be tough for the Trojans to contain him. Uh, at the same time, uh, we kind of seeing this one pretty evenly split on the line. I'm just looking at DraftKings Sportsbook line right here on SB Intel, and they've got U- UTSA at plus one and a half, plus 105, Troy minus one and a half, minus 125. So not a pick em per se, but really close on that line. It, uh, the books are looking at this as kind of a toss-up game for the most part. I love to see what Troy can do after a convincing win over Coastal Carolina to win the Sun Belt. For me, I think that this is... Yeah, I think this is a Troy victory. Um, don't have to worry too much about the spread on this one. So I would just lean maybe the uh, maybe forget about the minus one and a half. Just take it on the money line, pay a little bit of juice, get Troy. Yeah, my thoughts here is that Coastal Carolina team is beat up, bruised. They didn't have their best player on the field. I don't think it was that convincing of a victory. Uh, they should have beat them and should have beat them by as much as they did. Uh, if Frank Harris is good. You have Braden Bradley or uh, excuse me, Braden. Hardy and uh, Trelon Smith, the old uh, running back from Arkansas, they're running backs for UTSA there that are questionable, and at least one of them is going to need to play to help them out here. Um, 
the Troy run defense and just defense in general is good. The run defense is 20th in the nation. Um, so you're looking at a team that is really heavy on the run and they have Frank Harris that can do other things with the ball, but they need some of those running backs back to help them out against this Troy defense. They have played some similar teams throughout the year. They both played army. They both played Western Kentucky. Troy won both of those games heavy on the D uh, holding army to less than 10 points. Uh, another heavy run team. So uh, UTSA uh, won with the offense where they scored uh, almost 40 plus in both of those games. So uh, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be defense versus offense. And uh, it's going to match up pretty well. Troy's offense is a little sluggish. So I think I'm going to give the edge to UTSA just because it's Frank Harris and I know what he can do. Um, so I, I'm going to edge towards UTSA here, but going to be a great game. Nonetheless, both of those games on, uh, on Friday, December 16th, are going to be, going to be awesome. It's going to be fun to watch. Good start to the bowl season. hundred yeah. percent. Hey, sorry guys. I think I got cut off there. <laughs> I ripped my mic out of my thing. I get so excited about these bowl games. <laughs> we, we just thought you were so excited that you, you, we left yourself speechless. <laughs> oh man. I get so excited. I get, like, ripping things out over here on the computer. All right. We're going to move on then. Uh, assume Wall's just going to love UTSA in my pick there, but Saturday, <laughs> December 17th, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Guys, we finally get the Fenway Bowl back after two years of it being in rotation. It got obviously canceled COVID year, and last year, Virginia, I think it was, uh, couldn't play because they had people that had COVID. So this will be the actual first year we're going to play it, and it's third year. Uh, we have Cincinnati versus Louisville, 10 a.m. on ESPN on the 17th. Biggest storyline here is Louisville coach Scott Satterfield taking the Cincinnati job. Did that? <laughs> How about did, that? <laughs> did that make a? Did that? Uh, did the committee, the bowl committee, did they take that into consideration? One can only assume. I mean, just for reference for the rundown fans, he is coaching Louisville for this game. He is then going to be a Cincinnati coach after the game. But for this game, he'll be the Louisville coach. Yeah, this this bowl season, like every bowl season, you've got a, a nebulous situation of coaches changing jobs and you've got players playing but transferring or not tr playing and then transferring and opting out to go to the draft and so on and so forth. So keep an eye on the news is all you can do. But in this particular game, the Bearcats and the Cardinals haven't met in almost 10 years. I think 2013 was last time. And this game is probably going to lean towards a pick -em. Like the last game we talked about, you got a, a one spread. And Cincinnati plus 100, Louisville minus 120. I like Cincinnati in this game. I think that you've got a better team all around in Cincinnati. Louisville is an, uh, certainly a, a program that came back after having a, a, a bad year the past few years, the best bad couple of years. And then you've got Cincinnati, kind of a down year for them. They, nine three record, but they didn't make it to the AAC, AAC championship game for the first time in a few years. They're both dealing with kind of weird situations of coaches, but I think Cincinnati is just an all-around better team. I like going with Cincinnati in this game. Yeah, and here's another thing, too. Malik Cunningham is opting out for the NFL draft. Not a surprise there. Uh, Talon Evans, who's the ex-Tennessee uh, running back, and their top wide receiver, who's their number one running back, by the way, and their top wide receiver, Tyler, Tyler Hudson, is – essentially out for this game. At least that's what they're saying right now. Uh, their number one cornerback, JQ Hardaway, is not playing this. Their backup quarterback isn't playing. That doesn't really matter. They have an O-line and a tight end that are, excuse me, their top tight end is, is going to the draft. Their O-line is transferring. Um, so they're going to be a little bit limited uh, on both sides of the ball. 
uh, on players, but especially Louisville. If they can't get Evans and Hudson to be up and running, especially with Cunningham out, I mean, you're your two backup running backs as well are in the transfer portal, Jalen Mitchell and Trevon Cooley. So you're looking at a whole different world on offense for Louisville going into this game. I'm with story. I mean, I just don't understand right now with, with the transfer portal and the people making it to the NFL, how this is even going to be a contest or why Louisville is favored. Hey, you guys haven't even, I mean, I listened to both of you talk for, ever talking about who was playing, who wasn't playing. You even talk coaches that the biggest storyline in this game to me is no Luke Fickle. He's yeah. going to Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, you gone. don't have Cincinnati's coach, the one who brought them up coaching this football game right now. He, he already basically said he's not coaching it. He's, he's in Wisconsin. He's getting recruits. They already landed too as we're speaking. So you guys talked about all those things. And normally I'm a guy who loves, loves to hate on Louisville. I don't know that I can in this game. It's going to be exciting, though, because these are two rival football teams. And we don't get that often in the bowl games because we get these teams that don't play each other very often. But it's going to be interesting to watch these rivals go head-to-head. Last 10 games these guys played against each other, each of them, 5-5 five and five against the spread. I don't know why you touch this game. If you do, I guess I'd agree with you guys. You go on that Louisville side. For the fact I mentioned, Mr. Luke Fickle, the man that brought this program up, is no longer there. Yep, no longer there. Went to Wisconsin. Actually, the in Louisville coach going to Cincinnati, and the Purdue coach is going to Louisville. So it's all just one huge circle of circusness. Well, uh, just say it. They're having a three-way. <laughs> Come on, Moj. Get ready. You can say it. Second game on the seventeenth is going to be the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. That's Florida at number 14, Oregon State, 1.30 p.m. in ESPN. We get a, a bit of a SEC versus Pac-12 matchup here. What do you think, Wall? Well, you, you look at the line, it'll throw you for a loop. Oregon State giving 10 to those mighty Gators. Minus 380 on the money line, plus No respect. No respect. Bob. What do you mean no respect? What are you talking about no respect, Woj? No respect for the toughest schedule in college football this year. The toughest schedule in college football? Yeah, it was Florida. <laughs> Give me a break. Is that a joke, Woj? They don't play in the Big Ten. They could not have played the toughest Ooh, schedule. All right, all right, all right. Keep going, keep going. Hey, I, I, I agree with the line 100%. I mean, this Florida team, they haven't shown. Game one, they played Utah. We were all watching that game together. The three of us that are talking on this podcast, we're watching it together. What a great football game was. Florida came out with that win. They squeaked by that Utah football team. But they were at home. They were in the swamp. Things have changed completely. The season has progressed. We got the Beavers, the favorite. I'm not going to disagree with it. Anthony Richardson, though, I'm sure Woj is on top of this. He declared he will not play. That's part of the spread right there. It's not even, that's not all that's part of the spread. It'd be surprising if Florida can even feel the team wall. 15 players. So there's three players going to the draft. Justin Shorter, the wide receiver. Cyrus Torrance, the O-line and Anthony Richardson. And then they have 15 players in the transfer portal, including two players that were dismissed from the team. They probably wish they didn't dismiss those players at the moment. Um, but how are they going to compete with 20 plus kids gone from their 
regular season team story. I yeah. mean, this is what did I Billy mean. what did Billy Napier say at the end of the year? To, <laughs> yeah, I to just have people one. mass exodus out of Florida, which is surprising, <laughs> right? It's it this is an SEC powerhouse team, Florida is, and for them to just lose that many players to the transfer portal. Did it have something to do with so there were some off the field stuff concerns with some of the players there? You got backup quarterback Jalen Kidna was dismissed from the program after being arrested. So who's going to be starting under center for them? They've got Ohio State transfer Jack Miller, but he had some thumb surgery earlier this year. They got walk on Kyle Engel. <laughs> Florida's still giving 10 points to or probably the quietest nine and three record in the NCAA as the Beavers were six and three in conference and finished on a three game win streak. It's tough for me not to back the Beavers, even though you got a strong SEC team in Florida, just with all the pieces that they're missing and all the things that they're dealing with. I like where the, the Beaver or the Oregon state program is heading. So yeah, I kind of, I can't wait to see this game. I'm excited about it. I I think it's going to be pretty, just an exciting back and forth kind of game, but yeah, I think Oregon state, When's this one outright? And at plus, let's check SBI at plus three ten. I'm excited. Oh, that's Florida. That's Florida. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. That's Florida. I. Are you out of it, story? I'm out. What's of it. going that, on? Yep. No, I completely messed that up. I thought Florida was <laughs> giving ten. So disregard everything I just said. All right. All right. So here's the thing. So there are some diff- some uh, issues here for Oregon State. Um, Chance Nolan hit the transfer portal. That's not a surprise. Uh, Luke Musgrave uh, is going to the NFL. Also not a surprise. Uh, he's their tight end, star tight end. Um, thing about it is, is they can still get it done. Uh, they've got it done all year. 10 is pretty small. They, what Florida has going for them is their running backs are still there. And uh, one of them I know is ETN's uh, brother, little brother, who's a freshman who was supposed to be the all-star freshman all-star breakout freshman in the SEC uh, did pretty well. Um, so th- they have that going up for them. But again, Oregon State's D, as far as the run D, I mean, Florida hasn't beat a team that has a run D as good as that. And Kentucky is ahead of Oregon State. Tennessee is ahead of Oregon State. And Georgia just ahead of Oregon State. All those three three teams are, or four teams, excuse me, including Oregon State, are right in the mix of, of the top run Ds in college football. Uh, so I feel like they're going to have a rough day on the ground and they're going to have a newbie at quarterback as well as a bunch of new wide receivers and people to throw to and probably some new O-line. So this is going to be a sketchy one for Florida. This could get out of hand. Um, but I think the odds makers making it more than a touchdown in a bowl in a bowl game like this uh, coming from an SEC to a Pac-12 school are, are compensating for that. They may be. And I think the key game you got to look at for Oregon State was that USC game where they held USC to 17. They only lost by a field goal. That's a really good USC football team that scores a lot of points. And I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm guessing that's the least amount of points USC scored all year. So what, like you mentioned, what is this beat up, dismangled, dismantled Florida offense? How are they going to score? We'll find out. I really, I like the Pac-12 here, baby. I, I, I think that SEC even gets a little biased and this spread might be at, you know, should be at 12, 13, maybe 14. Yeah, I'm with Wall on that one. All right, next up, we have the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, Washington State at Fresno State, 2.30 p.m. on ABC. Uh, we get to see a little bit of the boy we talked about last week while Cameron Ward. We'll see if uh, he can, uh, if he can pull it together for Washington State here. Well, these are two teams that you love, Woj. Fresno State. Yeah. They're your boys, right? 
they've fallen off my favor uh, <laughs> since the beginning of the season last year. But the fact that this spread is so close and Washington State's getting points versus Fresno State, I'm not quite sure. We're going to say, hold on a minute there. Well, Fresno State, the Mountain so West fast. champs. Not so would fast. That's what no, I no, no, no. Don't say so not fast. so fast. You, no, you're, you're not Lee Corso material. Would you? You're not that level yet. You got a few years to go, buddy. But you, you, you're bringing down Fresno. They're Mountain West champs. They beat Boise State, a team I know you love this year, at least until they, I believe they lost you some money. But that is a good football team they beat in the championship. So do not disrespect this Fresno State program. Which there's a reason they're a favorite. There's a reason they're giving that three. Minus 150 if you want to bet them on the money line. Your boys over there at Washington State, plus 130. That sounds like the route you're taking. I'd like to hear where Mr. Story's going on this one. Well, let's take a look at the scores for Fresno State since they 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 had a bit of a slide in the early part of the year, losing to Oregon State, USC, Connecticut, and Boise State. But then righted the ship on the 15th. They beat San Jose State 17-10. Then 41 points, 32 points, 55 points, 37 points, 41 points, 30 points, 28 points. Man, incredible. And in games that Washington State played and won, they're averaging around 29 points a game. So what does that mean? A lot of prolific passing. And while not the normal prolific passing attack that we've seen for Washington State, Jack Dicker is putting having his crew putting up 263 yards per game. And Fresno State is right where with them. They scored nearly 31 points a game this season. I think this game screams over on it. And at uh, so Washington State plus three stuff. I don't know. In terms of the game itself, it it could go back and forth. So I just kind of like leaning towards the over on this one. Sitting at 54 and a half, 55. It looks like we got some lower overs for the uh, for the for the bowl games so far. And I'd like the over in this one. All right. So again, don't take all the unders. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, big slate on the 17th. So we're still going on strong here. We got the lending tree bowl. That's rice at Southern miss 445 in ESPN wall. Rice plus six and a half plus two ten on the money line. Southern miss minus two fifty. You want to bet them on the money line over under a 46 and a half rice, not even bowl eligible. No, academically, academically bowl eligible wall. Well, they got the highest <laughs> academic progress rate. I don't know what the hell that is, but they got it. So they squeaked by because there just weren't enough bowl eligible teams to make it in five and seven record. You got a filler team in there. You know, I, I hate to say it, but you got to take Southern Miss, right? They're just the better football team. Yes and no. So these teams have played similar people, Louisiana being one of them. Uh, And they both came out about the same on both ends of that. Now, the Rice defense is not very good, whereas I feel like Southern Miss actually has a better defense overall. So I'm not against taking Southern Miss here, Um, but I'm sure... I'm sure story is going to go with rice here. At least that's what it sounded like from our little pregame talk. Well, our pregame talk was about uh, the college basketball game. Oh, rice was taken on Texas and uh, <laughs> rice had some really good odds on one of the sports books. I won't name them here, but some really out of line plus odds. And they ended up taking Texas to overtime. I should have cashed out when they were offering a multiple on the cash out rice ended up losing in overtime, but that's neither here nor there in terms of this game. What I'm excited to see is Frank Gore jr. For Southern miss. Now, Frank Gore Jr., for many of you who know or who follow this pod, 
probably know that he's the son of Frank Gore Sr., who was on my NFL fantasy team no more than two years ago, two, three years ago. The guy's in the NFL forever. So the fact that he is just playing incredibly for Southern Miss at almost 200 yards in the regular season finale against Louisiana Monroe, they've covered five of their last six. I think, yeah, at less than a touchdown, better team, Rice with a with a sub-500 record, give me the Golden Eagles all day long. Yeah, Rice doesn't look like they're going to have their their – quarterback which has started most of the season uh and I, who knows who they go with willie green aj preggett um probably uh padgett um as he was played in north texas uh game the most out of all of the other people but he's not very good so uh, this will be a tough game for rice uh this is a rice team that did beat uab as well though uh, most people don't know that but um they did beat a good UAB team 20 to 24 earlier in the season. So uh, maybe they show up for this game and they pull it down. Uh, odds are against them, but we'll, we'll see what happens next game up. And there's still two games left on Saturday, December 17th. This can be a big day for college football. The new Mexico bowl SMU and BYU six thirty PM on ABC wall. BYU, another team that would, which I feel like you like so many college football teams this year, but plus five <laughs> and a half. They did terrible things. Yeah. Yeah. They did terrible things. Hey, well, you can take them here. You're getting that five and a half. You're getting plus 170 straight up SMU minus 200 if you want to take the favorite on the money line. I, I mean, I don't know which way to go here. I remember an Oregon game where Oregon crushed BYU, and I remember a TCU game where TCU kind of took down SMU, and those are the two games I look at that. You know, they played good football teams. They're playing similar talent football teams this time. I don't know which way I'd go with this. So I, I guess you, you take the points with BYU, maybe? Yeah, I'm taking the points with BYU. This is a BYU team, by the way, that did beat Baylor, uh, who was a decent team, at least halfway decent team. Uh, didn't lose bad to no- Notre Dame. I, I mean, they've had good games, too, where they played good people. Again, didn't live up to expectations. Their defense kind of let them down and, a lot of the time, uh, I'm, let's talk about the Liberty game, 14 to 41. Yeah, that's obviously not good given Liberty 41 points, uh, nor also giving Eastern Carolina 27 points and you only scoring 24. So there's a lot of negatives, but there's a lot of positives at the, SM, at the end of the day. I do think SMU is a better team right now, but BYU does have the potential, especially if the defense gets turned around in the short period, here, short term here, uh, of uh, coming out and winning this game. Yeah, it's tough to 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 take away what SMU has done this year. Really great program, uh, but I Jaron Hall has just been playing incredibly this year for BYU. Thirty-one touchdowns to six interceptions without his number two or two of his best wide receivers for most of the season. Keep that in mind. Yeah, it's just I'm I'm really surprised with where this line is at. I I think that yeah, take the points or. Take, I don't know, plus 170 doesn't really excite me that much on BYU, but I like BYU in this game a lot. And if this line creeps up to plus 185, plus 190, plus 200, then I think you, now this, this line, the problem is this line opened at, at seven or seven and a half, I think, and it has steadily crept down. So it's tough to say. You might want to keep an eye on any injury news or any transfer news or any, any declaring for the draft news. But as of right now, I'm looking forward to it. I think you got another high scoring game on this on the slate here so saturday looks like it's going to be a fun day for me and then there's also three nfl games on saturday so oh, i've kind of blocked off that yeah. day on my schedule all right still one more game to go here though and that is the frisco bowl north texas at boise state 
uh, 8.15 p.m. on ESPN wall. Boise State, minus 10.5, minus 390 in the money line. North Texas, plus 320 on the money line. I think if you're going North Texas, you've got to take that money line. It's, it's, it's a long shot. I get it. You know, but you win that, you're putting a little bit of gator on those boots, Woj. I like this. This Boise team, they're a good football team, 8-0, regular season in conference, out of conference, you know, not that great of a record. They're not playing a conference team this, this I should say, couldn't, shouldn't say this week because this is actually, Woj, when is this? Saturday. It is this week for us. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, think of their out-of-conference schedule. We just talked about a couple of the teams. They played BYU. They almost won that game. It was 28 to 31. Fresno State uh, did not almost win that, but they held Fresno State's offense. That was at the end of the season, too, 16 to 28. Uh, they lost to UTEMP, which was not a good loss, and then uh, Oregon State, which was their first game of the year, 17 to 34. Uh, if you look at North Texas, they're all over the boards, um, a heavy run team. But lost to UAB, lost to Texas San Antonio last game of the season. Uh, and they also lost to Texas San Antonio early in the year. That was their championship game. Uh, UNLV, Memphis, SMU. I mean, and none of those games were necessarily close. So uh, not looking in the greatest news for North Texas. And now they have always had a pretty good run team in the past. I always played them many times, so I've got to see them. Um, they did beat Rice, who we just talked about. But I don't know. I think I give the edge here to Boise State for sure. Would you take them on the spread? Woj, 10 and a half is a lot. 10 and a half is a lot. Uh, and Boise State's not known for uh, going too crazy, although towards the end of the season they did. They had two 40-plus games versus Nevada and Utah State. So, I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't know. North Texas's defense is lackluster at best. So, uh, in the way that Boise State likes to run the ball. They're 48% run heavy. Uh, uh, 10 and a half is a lot. Uh, what is the over-under on that? Do you know? 57. 57 for a run. Uh, so this is one of those games where I think I'm taking the under. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of intangibles here that are working too. I mean, both these teams had pretty poor showings in their respective conference championship games. In fact, North Texas got absolutely stomped by UT San Antonio, but Fresno State only put up 16 points in their conference championship. So we know Fresno tends to lead, oh, excuse me, Boise State. Um, Boise State only put up 16 points. And we know they tend to be more of a defensive-oriented team and a strong running game. So it's tough for me, though, a 10.5 for a couple of teams that that are uh, in middling. I don't know. It, it – uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, game. I don't want to say over under on this game pick. either. Fifty seven is decently high, and I could see both these teams putting up points, but I could see both these teams coming up flat. Right, North Texas doesn't have a coach right now. They fired Seth Luttrell after the after the conference championship game, um, and the Broncos lost, so they might come out flat. I think both these teams were expecting, especially Boise State was probably expecting a better bowl. Uh, yeah, uh, moving on. I just I don't know. I, it's gonna be. <laughs> I think it's gonna be an okay game, but I'm just I can't make a pick here. Yeah. Okay. We will move on. So that was it for the 17th. We're going to move on to Monday, December 19th. Love me a Monday game. I'm off on Monday so I can get geared up to watch this midday. It's the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Love the Myrtle Beach Bowl. They always have the good images of the beach when it's usually snowing here. So uh, Marshall at UConn, 1.30 p.m. ESPN. Well, hey, well, I'm happy you're off. 
I'm happy you get to watch this mid-afternoon. There's one game on Monday. Why make it a 1.30 game? I never got that, but I'm I'm glad it works out for you, Woj. And I, I want to let the people know, as we're recording this, it's it's a, actually a week before that day. It's Monday, December 12th. So always be checking for news that came out since we've been talking to you because we don't know everything that's going on. But as of now, we know that UConn is getting 10 points, plus 320 on the money line, over under a 41. I mean, the big story, UConn, is in a college football bowl game. Come on. Yes, now. sir. Let's let's hear it for UConn. A little clap in the back here. That, that's exciting news. <laughs> it is very exciting. I mean, we're talking football. They're they're in the postseason, baby. I love it. I'm gonna, you know, just for that fact, you gotta hammer UConn right here. I know oh. they can't they can't they can't score, right? They're okay at defense, you know, but <laughs> you just they made a bowl game. You gotta hammer them, right, Story? Yeah, I mean, you can you can cheer for him, but I don't know if you necessarily want to spend your hard-earned money on this. Team. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, this this former punching bag, UConn, is going bowling in Jim Moore Jr.'s first year with the program, which is impressive in and of itself. Add to that the fact that their COVID season was a disaster and the fact that they were 2-10 and 10 no more than a couple of years ago. And this is, a, this is an underdog Cinderella story, but, man, Marshall's defense is good. They're stingy, and I just don't know uh, that – that UConn, which their passing game is still horrendous, can do anything to move the ball against Marshall's defense. Marshall rattled off four wins to end the season. They beat Georgia State 28-23 in the last game of the season. I, I think Marshall, you know, they've got – they can lean on the on the running game. They've got Kalon LeBorn. She's a standout running back, almost 1,450 yards, 16 TDs this season. Remarkable what, what Jim Morris' squad has done with UConn, but Marshall wins this one easy yeah the mean green are a better team this year and even playing better people i mean can we not forget that they beat notre dame they also beat appalachian state who's been a pretty good team uh for the last couple of years also beat troy we talked about troy who's now ranked by the or no actually they did lose that game seven seven to sixteen uh close though close seven to sixteen held them tight <laughs> um but the thing about it is, is I mean, UConn's coming off the three-week bye, essentially. They don't have that conference champ game. They played Army, lost. Uh, now they have plenty of time to prep and get ready to go. Uh, let's, let's just hammer the UConn. Uh, yeah, this is I don't think we see a ball get thrown in this game. That's a 66.4% uh, run rate for UConn to a 61.4% uh, for Marshall. Uh, they rank in the top uh 15 in college football and both in, in that aspect. Uh, so there's not going to be much running of the, or passing to the football, but uh, let's hammer it. Let's go. UConn. Let's go Huskies. Screw you. Mean green. <laughs> Love it. Woj. Love it. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on. We got Tuesday, uh, the next day, December 20th. I love this. The walls fa- walls, probably favorite bowl in this entire, entire year. The famous, the famous, I said it this year, Wall, Idaho Potato Bowl. <laughs> Thank you. It's the most important part of the bowl. I mean, it, it's the only famous bowl there is, to be honest with you. <laughs> I guess, I guess so. It's in the name. Eastern Michigan at San Jose State, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN. Eastern Michigan, plus three and a half, plus 150 on that money line. San Jose, minus 175 if you want to take them on the money line. I think the key here is the over-under, 54 and a half. It is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I will not pose this question. I will not put either one of you on the spot where this game is played. I'll just tell you it's played in Idaho. So you got to <laughs> oh, oh, really? I'm no excited way. that we get one more game on the blue turf this year. 
Oh, there you Ooh, go. Yes. Game not to watch, right? And that's but the key is it, it's under, baby. It's 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 gonna be cold, man. These guys are gonna have a tough time. San Jose State, they probably haven't played a game under 70 degree weather all year. So, you know, it's gonna be cold. I'd like the under here. I like Eastern Michigan maybe to handle the cold better than San Jose State can. So we'll see. Uh, I, I like that little tip there, Wall. That was pretty exciting. Um <laughs> <laughs> gonna go with the Mac here, though. I like the Mac. Uh, this year, I like Eastern Michigan, um, and it's not because I lost a bunch of money when they played Central Michigan a couple years ago. Then they just did beat Central Michigan in their last game, twenty-eight to nineteen. Uh, While well, I don't remember if you remember that game, but I bet the over, uh, which was they were a touchdown and a half away at halftime, and they failed to cover because a blizzard started happening in the second half. It was great. Uh, it was fun to watch. Um, but, but I do like Eastern Michigan here. I think they are an overall better, better football team. They have some dynamic playmakers, uh, especially running the football. Uh, we're going to talk about Samson Evans, who's going to be a great player, uh, probably at the next level, multiple games over 200 yards. He had a 258 yard, uh, 36 attempt game earlier this season with only one touchdown, poor guy. Uh, but yeah, I, I do, I do think that they overpower him on the ground here, uh, and the Mac comes out on top story. What do you think? You know who else likes the Mac and likes Eastern Michigan in this game? Loach, the public. This game has ticked down from four and a half to three and a half in the span of just a few days. What does that tell you? A lot of money coming in on the underdog here if it's now three and a half. So for me, that 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 raises a couple of red flags. I tend to lean wall side in that I'm not so much worried about the coal. I don't think that matters that much, but there's some really serious edge rushing talent in this game. And these two teams are combined for a lot of sacks. So I see a lot of stalled drives, a lot of punts. I think they're still going to score some points, but I don't know that they're getting to that 54 and a half. I could see this being a 27, 24 game and Eastern mission covering, but that I, I kind of lean towards the under in this one. All right. All right. All right. Um, next up on the list here, and this is probably, this is, uh, I'll just say this right now. This is my, uh, this is my confidence pick. Uh, my number one, and we'll get, let the, <laughs> let the, people figure out which which side i go with on this the roof claim boca raton bowl liberty at toledo 6 30 p.m on espn wall well would you have no confidence in this game i don't know why although i 100 know why south alabama myself they're not a team that i've got to watch much this season uh, all i could see they're getting eight points in this game or they're giving eight points in this game Minus 305 favorites to Western no, Kentucky. No, no, no. Hold on, Wall. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're skipping ahead here. I'm talking about the roof claim Boca Raton Bowl. Liberty and Toledo. Liberty and Toledo. ESPN. Oh, my Look goodness. The Liberty Toledo. This is going to be a – this is the winner of the MAC here, Wall. We got we got to talk, give them some love. Yo, you're right, Woj. I got ahead of myself. You know, I see those MAC teams and I just skip them. <laughs> I don't know why, Woj. Yeah. So you're telling me you have less confidence in this game than the next game, I guess? Oh, no, no, no. I have this. This is my most confident pick here. Well, then you're going 41, right? You're putting that. Wait, oh, never I'm mind. putting the big 4-1. Who am I putting oh, it on? Okay. Who am I putting it on? Well, you're going to put it on Toledo. You got to, Woj. You got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Liberty doesn't play a freaking conference championship game. Let's let's say, I mean, they're just independent. Toledo all the way. Liberty coming off, or Liberty coming off of three losses, one to UConn, one to Virginia Tech, one to New Mexico State. Lost all of those in terrible fashion, except the UConn was kind of tight. And I guess Virginia Tech, they lost by point. Nevertheless, lost them all. They're feeling down in the dumps. They feel like shit. Toledo's coming off the win against Ohio. Win in the MAC. Toledo all the way. 
And don't forget, Hugh Freeze is has left Liberty, and so they're going to be without longtime coach there. Although Daquan Smith is, he's definitely a difference maker. He's the quarterback for uh, Toledo, so. Yeah, it, it's tough to say that uh, Liberty can hang with Toledo. The MAC has some strong teams at year in and year out, and had some strong showings this year. Um, that I don't know how this is only a one and a half point spread. If it still is, oh no, this is five. This one opened up and and quickly shot up to five for Toledo. So that one's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Five. I mean, here's the thing too. What Toledo does have a quarterback that's questionable, Daquan Finn. But Tucker Gleason has come in for him and scored 51-plus points uh, and DraftKings in a single game. So it just I, gives you a little idea. Both of those quarterbacks are more than capable to do whatever it needs to be done to win this game, and I believe they will against Liberty. I will, I will just say, if you believe in extremely small sample size trends, then Liberty has never <laughs> lost a bowl game. So in that case, they're currently 3-0 and in NCAA football postseason play. If the trend continues, they'll be 4-0 at the end of this, this season. All right, all right, all right. All right, well, we're moving on to apparently one of your favorite bowls here, Wednesday, December 21st. Uh, we got the R plus L Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Western Kentucky at Southern Alabama all at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Well, I'll let you continue. Yeah, I guess I already painted the picture. I'll paint it again, though, Woach. I'll, I'll do another Picasso on this. South Alabama minus eight, minus 305, Western Kentucky plus eight. And I thought, I guess, where you were going with this maybe is this is this would be my confidence pick you know, where I'm putting that one in the sports betting intel.com confidence pool, because I don't know anything about South Alabama. Well, I, the only thing I know about them, and I don't remember this, I just looking through all the stats and looking through what happened on the year to prepare for the episode. I see that they lost or they barely lost. I shouldn't say they lost. They lost by one point to UCLA and that's a good football team. So for comparison's sake, I mean, South Alabama, maybe they're the real deal this year. And I just haven't been paying enough attention to them. Yeah, uh, the thing about it is, is this is one of those games where it's, again, two good defenses that are going to play each other. South Alabama was back and forth with Troy for the best defense in uh, in Conference USA, or not Conference USA, excuse me, the Sun, what is, is it the Sun Belt? Yeah, Sun Belt. Um, Western Kentucky's in the Conference USA. Uh, but they went toe-to-toe in blows, uh, and it was a 6-10 game. Uh, so that, that talks about their defense. And then you're talking about Western Kentucky, who has one of the better defenses, especially the best defense in Conference USA, uh, holding opponents. Uh, the highest score an opponent has played on them is 40, and that was a 13-40 to 40 loss versus North Texas, which was very weird. Um, but nevertheless, only, only gave up 33 points to Indiana, almost beat them, which is a Big Ten team, obviously not the best. But these are middle-of-the-road guys, beat Rice, beat UAB, both teams we talked about. Um, it did play Auburn held tight in the first half, but then kind of lost control there after that. Um, South Alabama, I think has the edge here, uh, just based on the teams that they played. You talked about the UCLA game. They can not just hold their defense together, but they can actually play some little offense there. How huh, story? Well, the offensive juggernaut that is Western Kentucky. I mean, these guys average 500 yards a game on offense. The problem is, uh, Austin Reed has entered the transfer portal and he's Western Kentucky's standout quarterback Had 44 total touchdowns this season. And the game, this line opened up at South Alabama minus two and a half and quickly moved to minus seven and a half to eight, depending on the book when that news broke. So the books have no faith in Western Kentucky without Austin Reed keeping pace with South Alabama and their defense probably is going to keep them pretty far ahead. Uh, you know, seven to 10 points pretty easily. So 
it's a full touchdown plus a point. Can South Alabama, can the Jaguars do it? You know, they won 10 games this year pretty convincingly. Like Wall said, they lost to UCLA, but only by a point. Now, they did have a really poor showing at their other losses this season against Troy when they only put up six points. But I don't see Western Kentucky being able to move the ball and hang. South Alabama seems like a not a slam dunk play by any means because eight is a lot in any bowl game. Weird things happen, but that, uh, that's the way I would lean is South Alabama on the spread. All right. On to one of my favorite bowls, just because they usually uh, do a flyover, which is pretty exciting. That's uh, Thursday, December 22nd, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Maybe they'll shoot off a rocket in the middle of this, in, in the middle of the game, halftime or something, go to space. Uh, Baylor at Air Force, 6.30 p.m. ESPN wall. Well, did you catch the flyover for the Army-Navy game we just had, or did you miss it? Uh, I did watch it. I didn't watch it live. I did watch it. You- did you guess the planes correctly? I know you're always uh, big about that. I did not. You were wrong? Uh, who'd wrong. you lose money to? <laughs> Story? Uh, no, I didn't bet anybody, but I remember you losing. Or did you bet me last year? No, on the I would Iowa never game? bet you on that. I remember I, I no. called it, though. I called it. it was the you B, probably uh, did. That's why yeah. I wouldn't bet you. Yeah, yeah. It was you, the, you always know that shit. I don't know how you know it. You should start putting lines and taking money. But in but, this game, but I'm, I'm guessing it's the new the new bomber that they just announced and uh, unveiled the other day. It's the B whatever it is, the new stealth bomber. Which, oh yeah, I saw. Yeah, Boeing. I think it was Boeing that manufactured yeah, that. Yeah, Boeing, Lockheed. Like, yeah, I think it was a combined effort there. But I bet that that that's what they do here. I, I'm just gonna what take, in the I'll world are guess. you guys talking about? Come on, yeah, this is a big part of gambling here. here. We've but, got the flyovers. It's a big part of this. Baylor Air Force, 6:30 p.m. ESPN. Wall go. Armed Forces Bowl, plus six and a half Air Force, plus 200 on the money line. Baylor, minus six and a half, obviously, minus 240 if you want to take this Big 12 team to beat Air Force. What I like about both these football teams, they control the clock. Time on field, Air Force, number one in the nation, obviously. (laughs) Number 17 in the nation, but they're both up there. We're going to see who can control the the time on the field. I kind of like Baylor. Give me Baylor. I, I, before story even talks, I just want the Air Force is first in one point, one aspect of college football. And that is that, well, there's two of them actually, excuse me, two in two aspects of college football. That's time on attack, uh, passing TDs, uh, allowed, uh, and, or three, I guess now and rushing percentage. They have a 90.2% rushing play per game, which is first they have only allowed eight passing TDs, uh, which is first, and time on attack, uh, they are first, and drive. Actually, they have four drives, uh, time per drive, which is 353, which is odd. That's a weird number, but they are first. Um, story go. <laughs> well, all due respect to our nation's military academies, because we could not do it without them. That said, can we throw the ball a little bit once in a while? That, five five yards per a, attempt. They're ten point one six. They were yards a combined a combined <laughs> 13, 14, 15, I don't know, attempts in the Army Navy game. And most of that came <laughs> from Army. Navy threw the ball four three times. So and Air Force, I I, I mean the, the running game is just incredible, right? Almost four thousand yards rushing as a team, 330 yards a game. If you like handoffs and you like strong running games, I don't understand how this game is, is has a 50-point over-under. This game is going to breeze by. should be entertaining. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's I think that Baylor's got by. a decent defense, but I'll, I'll stick. I wrote the write-up for this for the SB Intel Bowl Pick'em Pool. I'll stick by my analysis, which is you're going to want to have a holiday movie queued up 
Instead, <laughs> if you set aside the entire evening when you're watching this game, I want to watch six thirty, and it should be done by eight thirty. Listen, story. I want to watch a team that has five firsts in college football, five firsts in all of college football. The team that has five number ones, they're the best team in five aspects of college football. I want to watch that team. That's Air Force. Go Air Force. Yeah, probably Georgia too. I don't know for sure, but I, I like what you said too, story. I did read that in the, your sports betting <laughs> Intel write up. It, it was pretty funny, but Get your I diehards ready. Hardly though. <laughs> Hot take. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay. Don't at me. There you go. All right. All right. I'm at you. Friday, December 23rd, the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, Louisiana at Houston, 2 p.m. on ESPN wall. The Raging Cajuns vote. How can you not say that? Raging Cajuns plus six and a half. They're getting some points. Plus 205 on the money line. Houston minus 245. AAC versus Sunbelt. You know, you guys know I'm a big Sunbelt fan. I don't know that that's the way I'll be going here. First of all, this game was stolen from Army. Our armed forces let this game be stolen because they were not full eligible, so they will not be playing. The second option for this bowl game was a Conference USA team. They did not have enough <laughs> eligible teams to <laughs> enter the bowl. Enter, enter Louisiana. <laughs> Story, well, what are your thoughts? I don't, I don't have much on so this. Here, here's what we got. We, we've got the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, right? Louisiana, Lafayette, and Houston. And then we've got the Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, Wake Forest, Missouri. Totals of these games, 58 and 60 and a half. The bowl committee has given us a festivist gift this year oh, on the 23rd. On. We're going to get some high-scoring games in these two bowl games. I'm excited. Up and down season for Louisiana or for Houston this year, uh, but they did. Well, they were 15th in scoring offense this year, but really bad in scoring defense. Up and down season for Louisiana. Also, they had a fir- first-year head coach. Forgive me, Michael Dosamu, I think. Raging Cajun, if I've ever heard of it. I don't know who's slowing down <laughs> who here. Uh, Passing yards galore. I'm excited. I don't even care about taking a pick on this one. If you're interested, it's uh, six and a half, so it's a spread, uh, touchdown spread there. But, man, I love the over in this game. Uh, story, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, well, first we'll get all the analysis small in this next game, but then I want to throw it right to you and see if you're excited for this game. Um, well, we kind of oh, – well, first off, Walt, do you have any thoughts on the Wake Forest Missouri game? That is that we didn't talk about that. That's Gasriella Bowl story talked about. That's 5:30 p.m. on the 23rd on ESPN. Uh, Wake Forest is going to have a couple of players gone uh, to both transfer portal and NFL, uh, but Missouri is going to be pretty holding tight for the most part here. I'm going to look up the players. Give me a minute. Well, my thoughts on the game are you you got a one point spread, essentially a pick'em game, and an over under a 60 and a half. I mean, story, he's not going to need any Christmas movies queued up for this night because he just mentioned it. Why? But you also have a high over under with a one point spread. I mean, this is calling for action, no? Well, it's called the coin flip. It's the Wake Forest coin yep. flip. We talked about that at the beginning of the season. You just flip a coin. Whoever has the ball at the end of the game wins the game. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's actually Missouri that's on the back end of transfer portals. They have four players in the transfer portal right now. Uh, D-line, uh, two people on the D-line, a linebacker and a wide receiver, and Dominic Levat, who actually didn't get much playing time this year. So uh, not much food for thought in that aspect. But uh, yeah, going to be a different kind of game. I guess explosive offense versus just Missouri and that's, you know, a, a bigger team, bigger conference, right? Well, 
Well, Missouri has an offense. Well, I don't want you dissing them. And I, I past few years, yeah, you're correct in saying that. But I think the biggest key for this game is this is an SEC prove it game. I mean, they Missouri can't come out and get skunked, you know, against this Wake Forest football team. What, what are they in? Well, it's an the, ACC, right? Yeah, one one of the worst one of the worst defenses in college football on top of that. Well, both these teams in their conference only have three wins in conference. So, you know, this is really going to set up how good was that SEC this year? Because we know the ACC wasn't that great. I'd love to hear what Story has to say about this, though, because I know he loves him some offense. Well, when we did the write-up for this game, there was only whispers that that Sam Hartman was going to be either entering the transfer portal or heading to the NFL. Those whispers turned into – Almost shouts, and it's almost a certainty that Sam Harmon will not be with Wake Forest next year. That said, as of right now, it sounds like he's still planning on playing in this game, which although they kind of stumbled down the stretch, losing four of the last five, Sam Harden was didn't look quite right. I think he was dealing with a couple of nicks and bruises there. He took a lot of sacks over that time. He's still an impressive quarterback. 414 total yards of offense per game, 290 passing yards, over 33 passing attempts, three passing touchdowns a game. Just an absolutely stud at quarterback. Wake Forest, give me Wake Forest in this game. I like Missouri. I like what they're doing there. They had a lot of close losses this year and, again, some pretty stiff competition in the SEC. But I think that this is Sam Hartman's swan song for Wake Forest, and he goes out on top. Uh, Missouri Missouri went – 20 score 22 points against the number one college football defense 22 points and they only gave up 26 to the number one team in the nation uh forget all this other talk this is my second i'll, t- I'll even say this uh, i'm giving away all my picks here this is my second in conference school <laughs> pick missouri will be the favorite by game time because Sam Hartman is a hundred percent not going to be playing this game. He's going to opt in for the draft. Uh, Missouri is definitely going to be favored, but Missouri, no matter what, if Sam Hartman is playing or not, is the better team in this game and they should be favored. This is my number two. So if you, if you think that if you, you would, you want to jump on this, this uh, plus one or even the plus hundred money line for Missouri right now. Get that close. Oh, it's already done. Story. <laughs> it's a done deal story. That's a done deal. <laughs> that was done a week ago. I mean, that, was, that was done. That was done. <laughs> All right. Here, here's a good one for you story. This should be a, a pretty good high over under here. I don't know the exact number, but I just seen looking at the teams. I can imagine Saturday, New Year's Eve, December 24th, easy post Hawaii bowl. The Hawaii bowl has middle Tennessee and San Diego state 7 PM and ESPN hosting uh, two pretty good offenses. Correct story. Yeah. Good offenses, but the books don't think that this game is going to be a huge shootout. And I'm not sure exactly the why Hawaii hangover. Hawaii hangover. Yeah, the damn thing. I mean, th- th- this Hawaii <laughs> bowl usually leads to a lower scoring game. Does it not? I, I don't yeah. know historically, but does well. Does they the books yeah, have this the, set. It's I the mean, hangover. <laughs> I'm looking on SB Intel right now, and uh, DraftKings has this at 49 and a half, and that's pretty much the consensus. So not exactly a huge offensive expectation from the books. Still, I think these are two pretty good teams. So I'm excited to see. This is another touchdown spread. Feels like we're getting a lot of those this year. San Diego State minus seven minutes penalty, plus seven. So. Uh, this is a team that yeah. beat Miami of Ohio or Miami of Florida, excuse me. Uh, did I, lose. You know, I you know my feelings in that. Program. Uh, I know I did not not the greatest resume for Middle Tennessee, but again, both of these teams throughout the year have scored points. 
yeah, uh, and, and, and have done it pretty well. But again, maybe a hangover. Who knows? Uh, it's just the Hawaii Bowl and how it gets done. Wall, any thoughts there? Well, I know this is a big game for your family. No, well, just Christmas Eve. We got the Hawaii Bowl back. You guys yeah. didn't have it the past couple of years because of no. COVID and then COVID again, essentially, which I'm gl- I hope that's over. I hope we don't have to deal with that again. I, I think this game is going to be exciting just for the fact that this is the one when it comes to the holidays and college football. The, the Hawaii Bowl is always the one I think of. I think just because it's on Christmas Eve, I'm excited for it as far as laying action. And I'm, I'm not going to touch this one with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, I'm not touching it either. It, it feels dirty when you come down to it, when you're, when you're getting home from your Christmas Eve parties and you're waiting for Santa to come down the chimney and, and you're watching a football game between Middle Tennessee and the San Diego State and Hawaii, it just there's just something dirty about that. I'm, I'm just going to stay away from it. <laughs> All right, Monday, December 27th, uh, after Christmas here, in, in between the New Year's, uh, we have the Camellia Bowl. Is that how you say it? Camellia? I got to say something wrong considering it's the rundown, but uh, that's Georgia Southern at Buffalo, 10 a.m. ESPN, another Mac team going up against stiffer competition. Yeah, I'll let you pronounce it, Woj. I don't know, Camellia maybe, but New Mexico State plus three, plus 140, Bowling Green minus 165. No, hold on up, hold up, hold up. We're talking about short, short the Georgia Southern and Buffalo wall, 10 a, 11 a.m. on ESPN. You, oh, okay. Sorry. Apologies. I don't know why I had, I don't know why I was talking about the wrong football game here. Yeah. The C- Camellia bowl, Georgia Southern should be uh, a three and a half point favorite over Buffalo. I don't know the over under over under is 67 on that one. Woj. It's a high over under exact opposite of what I just told you, but Buffalo, the Mac team plus plus one fifty in this one. I, I think that's the way you got to go. Georgia Southern, a team I know earlier in the year that they, beat Nebraska, which, you know, at the time was a great feat. They kind of had a hangover after that. And it comes, we come to find out Nebraska wasn't really that great of a football team. So I, I like, I guess in this game, if I'm looking at the right game, finally, Buffalo plus 150 on the money line. This one's interesting. And the biggest storyline here is Georgia's Southern quarterback, Kyle Van Treese, who passed for almost 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns this season, played at Buffalo for five years. So Woo! is that, revenge is this a revenge game narrative or is he uh, do they know his tendencies i'm not sure you know both of these teams are are very good on offense buffalo in particular while they can pass for a lot they also run for nearly as many touchdowns as they pass for so strong running game there as well georgia southern's defense is kind of suspect for me uh over (laughs) let's go over i like this game a lot this is gonna be a fun one on tuesday morning not sure how much work i'm gonna get done that day yeah, uh, I don't. I, I I guess I don't understand where the over comes from. I do to a point. Uh, these are two mediocre teams uh, that are probably going to score a bunch of points when they see each other. I, I don't know why why they pick those overs, but this would be one of the games where I'm going to flip and go under, uh, just because of Georgia Southern issues there at quarterback. Buffalo hasn't been that great, and again, isn't that great on defense. Um, especially against the run. So I, I don't know. One of those teams, Ron Cook is, is an all-star for Buffalo, but we'll see if he didn't play in the last two games. Uh, we'll see if he comes back for the bowl game to play against Georgia Southern. Uh, Buffalo's always been known for their all-star running backs who typically transfer out when they, uh, when they, once they get good and go to better schools. Um, but we'll move on. We got the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl, Memphis, Utah State. 2.15 p.m. on ESPN. Well, 
Now, this is a game I actually know, Woj, and I know it for sure because I'm fading Utah State, man. I hate that football team this year. <laughs> they, they, you know how much money I lost? It's like a Purdue basketball team. Yeah, that team. was uh, not a good week in the rundown nation there. <laughs> Jeez, I had the season total over for them. I, I took them more than just that one time. It's It was a bad year for me for Utah State. So, <laughs> hey, Memphis minus seven. I'm hampering that, baby. Let me tell you, if you do want Utah State, you're getting them at plus 245 on the money line, you know. You guys know where I'm at. And it's purely out of spite. Obviously, the most intelligent way to bet. I've always been a big Memphis fan throughout the years, but this year they've kind of let me down. Uh, always been a big DraftKings fan for them. They've done well as far as stats and numbers, but again, let me down uh, this year. They haven't been as great. Um, you have questions at quarterback where they've swapped in and out, but Seth Hagen looks like he'll be the starter again for this game haven't been passing it as much as they usually do. It's been an interesting year for Memphis and in the way they go, they have been running it fairly well, especially with Aston Martin. Um, and the thing about that is, is Utah state's run defense is actually fairly decent. Um, so again, I don't know what to expect here. Uh, they've played some good teams and played them tough. BY excuse me, Utah state's played some good teams and played them tough and have a better resume overall playing Boise state. Uh, BYU, Alabama, um, they played San Jose State, they beat them. Um, they did play UConn at the beginning of the season uh, and did win. So it'll be interesting to see what the end result here is. Um, but I, I don't know. Uh, it just it depends on how Memphis comes out of the gates here, uh, to be honest. But I, I might be uh, putting some money on Utah State, just getting that over a touchdown, basically. If it goes under that, then I think I fade it. Yeah, this one smells backdoor cover to me. Uh, it's seven right now. I, but this is another one that has dropped significantly. It opened at 10, has dropped down to seven. So money definitely coming in on Utah State in this one. Memphis, as you mentioned, Woj, has historically been a pretty good rushing team. They've had a lot of success, sent a lot of guys to the NFL. Um, and then Utah State star running back Calvin Tyler is just in a dynamic playmaker. And if you could break off some long ones, this over-under, though, 61 and a half right now. Not so sure I really like that. I understand that historically, especially Memphis, strong scoring teams. But I'm just gonna, I think that this is going to be more of a ground and pound kind of game. So I'd stay away from that over-under or anything shade towards the under. All right, moving on. Ticketmaster, Birmingham Bowl, Coastal Carolina to Eastern Carolina. 545 ESPN wall. East Carolina, minus nine. Coastal Carolina plus 280 on the money line over under a 60. I'm going to go out on a limb and start with saying, hey, we need to hit the under in the last game. I think he might be saying, hey, let's hit the over in this one. And you know where this information comes from? I'm in the sports betting until I'm just going to read the uh, the game synopsis, the breakdown they have for this, because I love what it says. The battle of the Carolinas East and Coastal will be taking <laughs> place in Birmingham this year. These teams match up very, fairly even statistically on both sides of the ball. I agree with that 100%. I think considering that, I'd probably take the dog. You know, just take the dog. Even match teams, Coastal Carolina. I know we got some fans of the rundown that like Coastal Carolina, maybe some alums. So, hey, let's get a few more fans happy, Woj. Coastal Carolina plus nine. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't do that. I just can't do that. Um, Eastern Carolina, as much as I, I hate them, um, and do not like the play of Holton Ashers. I think he looks like a chicken with his head cut off when he plays, but he scores points. Somehow he scores points, uh, and somehow he completes balls. 
and completes passes and, and limits turnovers. He's only had five interceptions on the year, and those were all in the beginning half of the year. Um, Coastal Carolina is a mess right now. With Grayson McCall hitting the transfer portal and leaving, they lost well, they had their Virginia game canceled then because of the hurricane. Then they had played James Madison, lost seven to forty-seven to James Madison. And then they had Troy come into town and lost twenty-six to forty-five. Uh, this is a team whose defense is struggling against the Troy team and a George Madison team that didn't score that many points throughout their entire seasons until they played them. Um, and they cannot get their offense going with Grayson McCall. So uh, as much as I'm not a big fan of Holton Ashers, uh, I'm, I'm going to take Eastern Carolina all day in this one and, and not look back. This is, this is another big confidence pick for me while at nine and a half even. Well, let's see what story has to say about it. Did I peg you star? Did I get that? Correct. Your pick, sir. Well, this game is <laughs> juicy. Juicy is 60 over under. Um, I'm, I'm not really on your side with this one, Woj. I like Grayson McCall, and I think he's got a chance. If, if he plays. You're you know, playing the over in this game, I, I and they haven't scored 20 points in their last two games. He's got a chance to go out a winner. I like them to keep it close. I like oh this to be a backdoor God. cover by Coastal Carolina, but more importantly, with the you number of me. points at Eastern Carolina. East Carolina playing, right? Is that for sure that Grace McCall he's is in, play? in the he, transfer he, portal? He, he is the transfer portal, but from what I understand, he said that uh, yeah. he was going to go out and play on this one, oh, but that might have changed. A, yeah, I know they I, that that can change. Keep an eye on that. Um, but let's 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 go over. I mean, l- listen to these some of these. Now, I'm not really thrilled with what East Carolina did against Houston, but Coast or East Carolina has put up quite a few um, points per game this year. So. Mm, Looking at the numbers here, it's tough for me to say anything but the over on this game. Uh, Coastal Carolina stumbled to the finish there, but I think they write this up and, and we look at a back and forth game. All right. You are right. He did say that. Um, He's, he played, he, right? He is playing, apparently. Um, I Again, he played in that Troy game. And I didn't realize that, that they still lost. Um, so it didn't matter as much. Um, defenses in shambles. Uh, Grayson McCall doesn't doesn't play now nine and a half. This changes my thoughts. Maybe, maybe I'm gonna have to do a little change in the confidence pool here. Nine and a half is a lot. There's a team that could put up numbers, but again, they haven't in the last couple of weeks, they've struggled. Maybe the extra time off here and the more time to prep will get them going against uh, the chicken with the, their head cuts off as a quarterback, but uh, we'll see. Uh, anyways, I'm super excited for the next game. Uh, that being it being having a big 10 team finally in it and that's the guaranteed rate bowl wisconsin oklahoma state 915 espn this can be a late one but i'm staying up to watch this one boys you better I mean, would you better your wife might cut off your way <laughs> she, she ain't gonna be up but i'm gonna be up uh, i like it well that big 12 you know they're the dog in this one they're getting three points plus 125 on the money line Minus 145 if you want to take Wisconsin on the money line. These are two different teams, too. You're talking about an Oklahoma State team that came out hot, baby. I was big on them in the beginning of the season. They were really good. Wisconsin, exact opposite, came out cold. Then they switched it around. Oklahoma State trailed off. Wisconsin started to get their groove back once they got rid of the old ball coach. So I I don't know. I'm not going to go against the Big Ten in this one, especially to an Oklahoma State team that's been trailing off. So I'll probably be with your wife on this one. Minus three in Wisconsin, baby. This yeah, I'm taking, 
Go, go ahead, ahead story. Go ahead. Well, okay, go ahead. so this one's interesting. There's a lot of storylines going around here. Uh, Graham Mertz for Wisconsin, the quarterback for Wisconsin, is in the transfer portal and is probably not playing. And also, Wisconsin fired Paul Chris midway through the season or near the end of the season there, and they hired Luke Fickle, former Cincinnati head coach, to replace him. Cincinnati had a much different style of football than Wisconsin has used to. Cincinnati was a perennial contender recently even going to the college football playoffs so it's going to shake things up for wisconsin quite a bit but that may take some getting used to at the same time oklahoma state had a down season you could say well he mike gundy was unable to get his squad back to the big 12 title game this year so it's tough i'm not quite sure what the wisconsin offense looks like though and and i know that that braylon allen the running back for wisconsin has said he's playing he's staying this year but he was really banged up towards the end of the year. I'd be surprised if he played this game, uh, played fully, probably looking at next year, staying sticking for next year. So for me, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to make a pick on this. Three is good. I mean, Wisconsin minus three. I'd re- much rather be three than three and a half. Uh, but I might, I might look to to throw a little bit on the Oklahoma State money line at plus one twenty five. Okay, Oklahoma State has a terrible run defense, and Brian Allen is still there. Uh, taking Wisconsin all day on this. Uh, they couldn't score points against my Hawkeyes and lost 10 to 24. I just want to point that out there. Um, but uh, Wisconsin still has Braylon Allen. Both of these quarterbacks are gone. You have Spencer Sanders going to the transfer portal. You have their top linebacker, Mason Cobb, going to the transfer portal. You have Braden Evans, their top defensive tackle, uh, going to the NFL. Uh, Trace Ford, not sure who he is. Uh, Dominic Richardson, who was a wide receiver for them, going to the transfer portal. Wisconsin does have a lot of O-line going to the transfer portal as well, including Marcus Allen, not even sure who that is, a wide receiver, and Deacon Hill, who's their backup quarterback with Graham Mertz, who's going to the transfer portal. So they're going to be down in the totem pole as far as quarterbacks go. But they have Luke Fickle. Uh, Luke Fickle was in a semifinal playoff last year in the in the uh, college football playoffs he's going to coach this team up right now is going to have a career game and they are going to win this game by more than three and a half i mean hey. frankly as a as a keeper in our fantasy football league of Brock Braylon <laughs> allen i would much rather him sit out and get fully healthy for next Whoa, year okay rather right. than playing a cool. meaningless bowl game if you ask me but well, that's just my opinion selfish. doesn't really matter much Hey, before we go on, both you guys are saying Luke Fickle. He is going to be Wisconsin's head coach, but he won't be coaching this bowl game. He's he's still under contract from for Cincinnati. He can't coach till next year. So well, you know well, you know what that means. Barry Alvarez will come back and coach the bowl Barry, game. Yeah, like, like was that last year? <laughs> that was what, last was that? year. Yeah, last that was year, last yeah. year. That was great. That was awesome. I, I'm all for it, Woj. Or was that last year? They could. Well, I don't know why it would have been, but it, it was. They only recently. gave him one year to coach. Wow. That no no no. Uh, he only he came as a celebrity coach for the bowl game. Yeah he, yeah. He didn't coach no, no, in no. a year. Yeah, no, bring back Alvarez. Hell yeah. yeah Actually, forget. Go. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring back Alvarez. All right, moving on. December 28th, the last day of our part one here. We got four games, and it starts off with the Military Bowl UCF at Duke at 1 p.m. on ESPN Wall. Almost the pick maybe. Duke minus one and a half, minus 125 on the money line. You look at UCF, you're at plus 105 on the money line. That smells pick to me. Going to be another good football game to watch. I'd be interested to see if either one of you is going to take Duke in this. No, nope. no way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Defense is a struggle. 
not taking Duke whatsoever. I think uh, UCF cleans house here. UCF, 450 total yards of offense per game versus Duke's 360. Duke's defense, very middle of the road. Uh, their passing offense, not very good. If it's near Pickham, which which it is, um, I I like UCF in this one pretty easily. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Duke, and I think that, uh, yeah, uh, although Mike Elko has done some good things with the program this year, UCF will put up points, and I don't think Duke can, can hang. Give, give me UCF all day long. Yeah, I can't remember who who the quarterback was who transferred that was the Duke quarterback that, that intercepted it all the time. I can't remember. Was it Mayo? No, wasn't Mayo. Was it? I don't know. No, it couldn't have been. It wasn't Mayo. I I can't remember where he went to, but he's at a better school now and did fairly decent. But I remember him. We we trashed him so many times in the rundown on (laughs) his turnover ratio. Uh, But it just seems to be a a, a trait of (laughs) Duke quarterbacks. As far as fantasy DFS goes, uh, the Duke quarterback, Riley Leonard, is not bad. Uh, yet again, he has thrown lots of picks uh, and fumbled the ball uh, actually uh, a few times as well. Uh, and it's not boding well for his touchdowns either, which he's only averaging like one point something, even though he did have four versus Wake Forest. But that's, again, versus one of the worst defenses in college football. Uh, UCF is not one of the worst defenses in college football. Uh, they do have Plumley back there, who used to be the Duke player. He transferred over there. Um, and is now playing for them uh, and in doing fairly well and having uh, big games. Uh, there was a game against uh, USF where he won 100% uh, can pass completion rating, which was absolutely wild. Uh, not very many passes were made that game, and he ran for 133 yards. But nevertheless, 100% completion rating is a perfect game. Uh, I think UCF does have the upper hand here. I, I get why it's a pick em, but again, if UCF just comes up with a couple turnovers, that changes the game in a whole different Whole different way. Now, well, you weren't talking about Daniel Jones, were you? No, not Daniel okay. Jones. I can't remember what. His Although he is. turns the ball over in the NFL a lot, so yeah, no, no, he didn't go to the NFL. He went to another uh, another school. By the end of the episode, I'm I'm going to look it up here. But first off, let's get back to the next game: AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Kansas at Arkansas, 4:30 p.m. ESPN. We got a little uh big Kansas is in a bowl boys Kansas is in a bowl and they're playing <laughs> oh. an SEC team at 4 30 p.m on ESPN on December 28th before the big bowls get started here boys this is a big big thing for Kansas let's been a decade this and a is half insane it's been a decade <laughs> and a half since Kansas went bowling you got to give props to to Lance Leopold second year head coach there they they can finish Kansas could finish with a winning record with a win they're they're six and six Arkansas also six and six. So one of these teams is going to have a winning record. One of them's not, but let's take a look at one key number here. You've got the over under of 69 and a half in this game. Oh, it's juicy, right? This is going to be a big fun game. KJ Jefferson is coming back this year. He's going to want to put on a show. That's an emotional lift for the Razorbacks. They allow the Jayhawks allow almost 200 yards rushing a game. KJ Jefferson can run it. Arkansas can work with that. I love this over in this game, and I love Arkansas in this game. I just, I think, I love, I think Kansas is doing great things, but Arkansas SEC team, much stronger O line, much stronger run game. They can control the clock in this game. I, I, I like Arkansas. Give me Arkansas minus three in this game. 
I'm not going to disagree with that story. I, I hate to bet on KJ Jefferson because he's not a quarterback I like. Definitely not a quarterback I like to back. But, you know, I think Arkansas is this, the better football team in this football game. Beginning of the year, I mean, it, you guys both mentioned it. We're talking about over under two and a half wins. And now we got this Kansas football team playing in a bowl game. I love it. I love the heart that they bring. I hope that I'm wrong on this one, but I got to put a little bit of money on Arkansas minus three on it. Yeah, Arkan, this is going to be a tough one. It's going to be a good game. I think Kansas is going to come out strong. I mean, that's just the way they're going to do it. I just They haven't been in a bowl for so long. And they're so excited. By the way, B and Walt both did this right in the season pick them. We both picked the over on, uh, I think it was three. Um, they did win th- at least three games. They did a fairly good job this year. Um, and But this is an SEC team that play, has played pretty well, Wall, uh, throughout the season. So uh, I'm, I, Arkansas should should be able to take care of business here. This is a different beast than, than what they've been playing. I did look it up. It was Chase Bryce in 2020. Went 10 touchdowns for 15 interceptions, as well <laughs> as five fumbles. Uh, so he turned the ball over 20 times and scored 10 touchdowns. <laughs> there you go. When we talk about that golden ratio, that's like a copper ratio, you know. But he has now, but he has since gone to Appalachian State, where he has successfully done this last season: twenty-seven touchdowns and six interceptions. Well, that's turning it around there. Yes, yes. Uh, he he played. He's played well for Appalachian State. So I, it was twenty twenty, not last year, that was the uh, the Duke year that we uh, we did not talk well on the golden ratio. No, he he, uh, he pulled an Adrian Martinez. Huh? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Adrian Martinez did a little pulled the Adrian Martinez a little better, but yeah, uh, unfortunately he's not playing, and and maybe we'll get to talk about him playing uh, in our next episode, but we'll have to wait for that one because Kansas State's at a little later date uh, playing against the Alabama Crimson Tide. But first off, uh, we'll get, get the rest of the December 28th games here. The San Diego County credit union holiday bowl, how they can afford a bowl is beyond me, but I guess it's because it's San Diego, uh, number 15, Oregon at North Carolina, 7 PM on Fox wall. Well, as, as it sits now, and things could change, obviously, since we're recording this, but you're looking at, aside from Georgia game, obviously, we know that's a big spread. You're looking at the biggest spread on this bowl slate. Oregon, 13 and a half, they're giving minus 540 on the money line. You're going to have to really pony up if you want to make only a buck on them to take down North Carolina, who's sitting on the money line, plus 420 right now. I mean, I... I can't take North Carolina. I know, I know they're a good football team. I've been talking about Mac Brown, how I respect him, but we got an over under a 70 and a half. I'll let you guys talk about this game. Cause that's your thing. Yeah. I don't think that either team finished the way the season, the way they want, especially Oregon after losing to Georgia pretty, pretty handily in the opening game of the season, they crawled back into the playoff hunt after stringing a number of wins together, very impressive wins. And then lost to, that loss to Washington, absolutely slaughtered the ducks postseason hopes and then they lost to Oregon State in the very last game of the season after beating Utah, who beat USC, by the way, in the Pac-12 championship game. So Oregon has something to prove, but this game really hinges on what Bo Nix is going to do. Bo Nix, uh, impressive, impressive season this year for Oregon. Drake May, on the other side, for North Carolina, also had an impressive season. Both had 42 total touchdowns this year. This game has shootout written all over it. You're looking at 70.5 as the over-under. I think North Carolina can hang around, but... Dan Lanning and the Ducks probably pushed this into the 40s on the on their offensive side. So it's it's tough to say, but 13 and a half in a bowl game. Um 
man, this game opened at nine and a half too. <laughs> it's been about up to 13 and a half. People are loving, loving Oregon in this game. I, I got to stay. Let's go over. Let's take the over. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> I saw this game come out as low as it did. And I bet the shit out of it. Out of all of the bowls this season. Woj's money is tied up mostly in this game. The Oregon Ducks were getting 10 or it was nine and a half when it opened. I got it at 10, 10. I got it at 10. It's bet up to 13. Bo Nix is going to trash North Carolina. Their defense <laughs> is terrible. Their defense against quarterbacks is terrible. This is a good as gone. Uh, you're, you're gonna t- people are going to tell me Oregon isn't as good as Clemson. Oregon would beat Clemson any day of the week. Go Ducks. They're going to destroy him. This is a no contest. This is uh, – I really do hope they, they win by more than 10 because then my wife won't be happy. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to go to the Tax Act, Texas Bowl, Texas Tech at Old Miss, 8 p.m. on ESPN on the 28th. Last, last game of the day, boys. Uh, what, what, what goodness you got for me for this one, Wall? Well, I'll just read you some – I'll read you some lines, Woach. Texas Tech plus three and a half, plus 150 money line, minus 175. If you want Old Miss over under of 69 and a half, we know this is going to be a high scoring affair. Watch the lines. They could change a lot in the coming days. Let, let's, yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm Wednesday the 27th, let's, let's listen to these over-unders that we've got for four bowl games. 70 and a half, 62 and a half, 69 and 69 and a half for this Old Miss Texas test game. Don't tell my work. I am calling in sick on Wednesday the 28th because we have some incredible games. Lane Kiffin is staying at Ole Miss, and can they build on this program after really what is a very disappointing end of the season, losing four out of the last five? And I don't think anybody expected Texas Tech to, what, beat Texas this year? Isn't I mean, that's impressive. Uh, they, they beat Texas. They did lose the TCU, but it was a decently close game. Um, but finishing the season, Kansas, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and winning and all Oklahoma. of those. Yeah, I mean the Oklahoma game was a big uh, fifty-one to forty-eight win, win for them. But it is Oklahoma again. They're not. They haven't been that good. They beat Kansas without their best player on the field. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean they beat Iowa State fourteen to ten. Iowa State's not very good. It was a low-scoring game. So we'll see. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, I mean the, both quarterbacks in this could throw for four hundred yards apiece. They might throw for nine hundred yards combined. Jackson Dart has been an impressive, impressive specimen at quarterback for Ole Miss this year, and then Charles Shug has also been equally up there. I don't think anybody thought that that Tex, that that Texas Tech would get to potentially nine wins if they beat Ole Miss. So this one, it looks good. I, I like, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's exciting. I think Ole Miss does end up winning this game. And at uh, three and a half, I, I got to lean Ole Miss just a little bit. If this was at four and a half, I'd probably say stay away or go Texas Tech. But three and a half, I think Ole Miss, better team, SEC, better conference. Um, I think Lane Kiffin gets the squad back on track. They're both, both head coaches are going to want to put on a show. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Turning my phone off for this game, eight o'clock. This is going to be exciting exciting football and that yeah and that will take us into the second half of bowl games this year i mean we just talked about oregon and, and tyler shaw used to be the quarterback at oregon before bo nicks came and he transferred to texas tech uh started the season got hurt uh didn't play for most of the season came back got hurt again uh then came back the next game didn't do so well but he's ramping up now his last three games he's at over 60.6 percent completion rating 
Uh, he's had uh, four touchdowns in those games with only one interception, or excuse me, five touchdowns with only one interception. Uh, he's been effectively running the ball, doing what we thought he was going to do at the beginning of the season, or at least what I thought he was going to do at the beginning of the season when I picked the Texas Tech over and lost that one. Um, but I, I think this is a different Texas Tech team. It is an old Miss team that's good, though. Uh, old Miss is, is solid. They've, like you talked about, uh, their quarterback play, but they're also the running game play uh, has been impressive all season. Uh, and they've kind of leaned on that aspect as one of their strong points. Uh, so looking forward to this game in the long run, just to kind of see how, uh, how Lane Kiffin comes out there and coaches them in a bowl game. But uh, I'm, I'm going to give the edge at the end of the day to, to the, uh, to the old ball coach junior in Lane Kiffin and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and say that he pulls out uh, the old miss, uh, old miss win here. I think I might be on your page. Woj. The, the only thing that concerns me, and we haven't talked about it once with any of these bulls. I don't know that it actually has come as a condition that you'd have to think about, but in this game, it is the Texas bowl. Woj. So I'll give you a hint where they're playing this football game. <laughs> it's in Texas, right? And Texas tech, we know Texas loves their football. They're going to have a lot of fans there. Technically, it's Texas Tech at Ole Miss, which we know doesn't really mean anything in the Bulls, but really Texas Tech is going to be the home team. I think they're going to get a lot of crowd support in this one. So it worries me a little bit to take Ole Miss. If that factor wasn't in play, I'd probably take Ole Miss in this one at minus three and a half. All right. All right, boys. That's phase one done of the bowl season. That was a lot of games. That was I'm exciting. exhausted. I am exhausted. Uh, hopefully our, uh, our patrons here haven't fallen asleep on us. Um, but I do have a little treat for you. If you're still around, I got some, the season totals at the beginning of the year, we did the season previews and we all kind of not necessarily put money on teams, but we all, we put, uh, what we thought would happen with each of the teams. Uh, and I have the numbers here and I'm just going to kind of run through the conferences quick in the sec, me, whoa, uh, wall and story all went seven of 14. So we want 50% on that one. Well done boys. It's not too bad. The big 10. Uh, I got dominated. Uh, Story dominated both me and Wall nine and fourteen. Wall went eight and fourteen, and I went six and fourteen. That was terrible. If I would have uh, kept my Iowa pick, I would have been seven and fourteen. But I changed that. Um, it said Iowa State love, Woj. Yeah, <laughs> clouded. Okay, get out clouded. of here. Get out of here. I, I, I gave up enough love in that in that Big Twelve episode. So, uh, a- ACC, we all did uh, astronomically pretty bad. Other than Wall, did go six for fourteen. I went four for 14 and story went two for 14. Uh, so, we, uh, so fade our ACC goes <laughs> in my ACC picks next year. Huh? We uh, <laughs> six times all agreed on uh, an over and under and got it wrong all six times. Uh, exciting news there. So if we bet together, don't bet that bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pack 12. I went, it was just me and wall. I went eight for 11 and wall went five for 11. And I did my, totals for those uh and got all but one right uh, which was surprising wow, that's impressive um and i still went eight for 11 i kind of went against my what my totals were uh but big 12 uh i went four for 10 wall went four for 10 big 12 sucks uh what's left over which was mostly the independence i think we did byu notre dame liberty and somebody else we went over five in those which was great <laughs> Uh, overall totals, meanwhile, me and story went 42% wall went 44%, uh, with a 30, 68, uh, which over 68 games is not bad, but, uh, definitely well, it's not good. 
don't listen to our ACC or what's left over. Yeah, if you take the ACC the out of there, I bet those numbers jump pretty significantly. <laughs> oh, no, they do. They do. They do. They do pretty good. Um, but anyway, Story, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, thank you for for being here for the year. Hopefully you'll join us for part two and we'll, we'll get some more exciting yeah. content, especially with the playoffs coming up and we'll get to the uh, Iowa game on the 31st, which I'm super excited for. Yeah, no, thanks for having me guys. This is my favorite time of the year. I, I'm absolutely thrilled that bowl season starts in just four short days. So this is, uh, it's exciting. I look forward to coming back. If it works with my schedule, I will say I'm not exactly looking forward to talking about this Minnesota bowl game with the over under a brisk <laughs> 40. Two. They're points. rowing up a class five rapid, as as Wall said in a previous episode. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's going to put the brakes on real quick. Anyway, that's not even in a, close to the Iowa Kentucky over under. But with that, I'll say thanks again. Happy bowl season, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>